0: Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Don't you love Pastor Jeff? I got to tell you, they, they have been, Pastor Jeff and Jairus and the entire family. They've been a blessing uh, to uh, my life, to our family uh, for many, many years. And uh, so uh, can we show some pa- uh, love to Pastor Jeff and what he's doing with our Lakeside family, just spreading the gospel? It's a great night. How many of you are, are thrilled to be here on a Wednesday night, right? Amen. Thank you for having the discipline to uh, come out on a work night and say, yes, we were here on Sunday, but I want more. I want more. How many of you want more of what God has for you? I want the very best that he has. And I can tell you that it was a beautiful thing uh, to walk uh, on the campus this past uh, weekend, Sunday, and, and just to see an incredible crowd uh, gather uh, for Resurrection Sunday to come and celebrate. This was, this was our weekend. But how many of you know that we've got 50, 51 more Sundays, right? So we get to come back and do it all over again this coming Sunday. But what's And Pastor Jeff mentioned this uh, just a few minutes ago, is that water baptism will take place, will take place this coming Sunday. And I can tell you, we're already working through a large number uh, of, of cards, people that said, yes, they've raised their hand. I'm ready to take the next step of water baptism. Now, let me explain to you why it's important for the saints of God to be here, because there are people that made a decision to follow Jesus Christ and they're new in their faith. And what a joy. I can tell you what a joy it was to speak to some of the people on the phone today. And to see just how new they are in their faith. And walking them through already the, the purpose of baptism and what that will look like. And I told them on the phone, I said, the Victory family, your new family is an amazing group of people, and they cannot wait to celebrate what you've done, the decision that you've made to become a follower of Christ. And when you come on Sunday and you're baptized, I'm telling you, your Victory family is going to show up in a strong way, and they're going to celebrate, for God has done a marvelous thing, amen? So please, let me invite you now, be here on Sunday. And when the baptisms start, whether it's here at the South Campus or the North Campus, uh, make sure that we roar and celebrate them and know that they're not walking through life alone. Can you do that for me? Can you do that? God is so good, isn't he? It's wonderful. It's hard to believe that this time last year, uh, Easter came late uh, in April. It was actually, I believe, April 21st. Uh, and and we were already just entering into that shutdown and scrambling really uh, as a leadership team as to what Easter uh, uh, would look like for Victory Church. It's the first Easter that I can remember uh, ever setting at home. Uh, on my couch and watching a, a pre-recorded service that was then shown live. And it was just weird. Uh, how many of you are glad that that's kind of behind us? I can tell you that, that 20, yeah, come on, let's put our hands together. 2020 uh, was absolutely a year that no one saw coming. I mean, no one saw coming. 2020, uh, was we we all played on it, whether it's corporations, nonprofit organizations. Uh, 2020, perfect vision, it was going to be a year of of great launches, restarts, uh, just to be able to play off of that. And we we were hit upside the head, and it was more of a blur than anything. It was far from perfect vision in 2020. And those things, how many of you know that you've had those moments in life uh, where it just kind of smacks you and you go, where, where in the world did that come from? I mean, how many press conferences were we watching that they said, hey, give us two weeks, four weeks, and we'll flatten the curve. Uh, we heard that over and over, but no one saw it coming. Absolutely no one saw it coming. It's kind of like when you're driving down the interstate and the gas gauge is on E and then all of a sudden you run out of gas and you, and you try to tell yourself, man, I really didn't see that coming. Man, you're, you're sadly mistaken. You could see that coming. Uh, man, it, it's, it's amazing. There, but there are moments in life, whether self-imposed or someone responsible, that we all have those moments that we experience that we never uh, saw it coming, that it hits us, hits us with such great force that it knocks us off our feet. But how many of you are thankful and glad that God is always with us regardless of the season, regardless of the obstacles, the challenges, the opportunities, our God is faithful, isn't he? Amen. I can tell you that uh, several, several months ago, uh, when we talk about not seeing things happen or things coming, uh, I had a uh, privilege of sitting down with a just a great leader here in our community, a uh, young man, young professional, doing great things, an influencer, and he called and said, hey Tim, you know, can we get together uh, for lunch? I, I just want to kind of bring you up to speed on what's uh, going on in my life, and said, so, absolutely, let's get together. Love to spend some time with you, and so uh, I sat down and really not totally uh, sure what to expect, and he began to uh, share with me uh, what he had been walking through uh, for several months, uh, and that he had made some poor choices, poor decisions, and that he was walking through just a moral failure, uh, had been unfaithful to his wife, and really wanting to bring me up to speed. And, um, and he's sharing his story with me, and he, and he talks about a time that earlier in his life, uh, that how he had, had uh, dealt with addiction, uh, various addictions in his life, and said that, you know, I went to counseling, did what I was supposed to do, uh, went to support groups, accountability groups, and they're wonderful. Uh, and a matter of fact, he's uh, in one now. And he said, but I remember as a younger man, Uh, sitting in that group of individuals thinking man I know that I know that I've got my issues but uh, they're nowhere in comparison to what these guys uh, are are telling me and these young ladies are telling me And, and thinking he's thinking back and now here I am I'm that person and realizing that one one decision one choice multiple choices and decisions has totally just turned my world upside down and so tears are flowing and we're we're kind of speaking and being an encouragement to, I'm being an encouragement to him and and rejoicing in the the fact that his wife is saying yes I'm going to keep walking with you I see the value in you I want our marriage to be restored and to see that and see that play out but he said man I just never in my life saw it, saw it coming And uh, never thought that I would be the one that was here, but here I am. And he said it was just one bad choice, one bad decision after the next that led me to cross so many lines uh, in my relationship with my uh, wife, so many lines in my relationship with God. That here I am and some of you can identify with what I'm describing tonight in various forms, uh, addictions, addicts that are here on the campus tonight that are being ministered to in various classes and putting the pieces of their life uh, together and the, the alcoholic to know that it always, it, there's always a point of beginning. Right, there's always that first sip, there's always that first bottle, there's always that first uh, six-pack. Uh, the party is happening and, and you're roaring along. Next thing you know, you've passed out, you've blacked out, and it just becomes repeat, repeat, repeat. And it's all a part of the party to where eventually you find yourself when you're struggling uh, that you no longer need the party that you can find what you need on the way home or you can sneak out and find uh, whatever it is that you're struggling with and to meet that need, that quick fix. And, and it, never, uh, it never is just one decision. It's, it's rare that it just uh, all of a sudden you become an alcoholic, but within a, a year or two years or three years or in your profession, you realize and you look at yourself and you say, man, the, the situation is, is hopeless. It's, it's the same with an affair. It never really starts with full-on uh, intimacy. It, it begins normally with an a inappropriate phone call or a text or a, a long gaze or the side the side hug becomes a full hug and uh, the embrace is a little bit longer than what you uh, uh, normally would uh, engage in. And so, but you find that you're crossing those lines in so many relationships. You're crossing the line in the most important relationship with your your father. That you go, man, what in the world? have I done how did I get here I'm in a hopeless situation I never really really saw this coming in, in Proverbs chapter 27 I'm just going to go through a few passages of scripture uh, tonight In Proverbs uh, chapter 27 it says what it says the prudent uh, sees, uh, sees the uh, danger and takes refuge but the simple keep going and pay the penalty Uh, And what's being written here is that it's the the description that there's always the point of beginning to where uh, the the prudent, the wise person can look down the road and they can see the pitfalls, they can see the dangers, They can, uh, you can see the opportunities, you know, let's go opportunities as well, and you're looking down the road and you're seeing everything, and the wise person, the prudent person uh, sees and says, man, I'm a, a month out, I'm six months out, I'm a year out from, uh, from having to really make that decision, but I know it's on the radar, so let me start doing something about it today and begin to seek God's wisdom and counsel today for that decision that I've got to make so that when you move from this point and you begin to drift down, you've already started to, to receive counsel and the wisdom so that you're not covered up and you're not swallowed up whenever life seems to be larger than anything. But the simple, says the simple, and I can put it this way, the simple-minded, the simple-minded sees the same dangers, that person sees the same dangers, they see the same opportunities, They see the same potholes in the road, but they say they take the position that they continue to float along in life and they say, we'll do something about it once we get there. I'll address it once I get there. And that's something that we need to be mindful of every day when we begin our days. God, let me pursue you, but as I'm pursuing you, God, give me the wisdom that I need to make the right choices, the right decisions in the life that you've given to me. Uh, Several several, uh, months ago, Probably December, January, uh, I was in the lobby on a Wednesday night, and uh, we have incredible young families that are here. Matter of fact, Wednesday night is, is an awesome night to be here as a young family because we get to pour into their kids, whether it's youth, Or whether it's kids ministry and royal uh, rangers and girls ministry, it's a great, great night. So if you're a, a, a parent or a caregiver, make sure that you don't think of Wednesday night as less than because it is a night to where we can make disciples and start at an early age. But I'm in the lobby and I see this young family, beautiful young family, dynamic family, professionals in the community, and I normally see them, they're regular attenders on Sunday. But it caught my attention, and they're here on a Wednesday night. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, man, guys, it's great to see you guys here on a Wednesday night. What's, what's happening? What's going on? You know, uh, Of course, they're parents, and they've got little kids, two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, and they said, you know, Pastor, we had just an incredible experience as kids being brought up in the church, and we see the importance, we see the value of making sure that they have that same experience. What's happening is that it's a wise parent that at the point of beginning where God has gifted them this incredible miracle, this miraculous baby, not once, not twice, three times, I believe four times, where they say, hey, we know that in their life there's going to come opportunities. We know in their life there are going to be pitfalls and dangers. God has bestowed this wonderful gift upon us. It's our responsibility to make sure that we're, that we're parenting them not only in the home, but we're also giving them the, the joy of coming together with their, their church family. And so that family will reap the rewards for the work that they're doing because that 2-year-old, that 3-year-old, that 5-year-old, how many of you know as parents and grandparents, they will not always be a 2-year-old. How many of you know that at some point they're going to be a little smart-mouthed 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, and we're going to come down to the altar for a whole different reason and say, lay hands on them right now. But kudos to the mom and dad that's able to come out and to be able to have the wisdom to be able to look down and say, man, uh, mama always said, dad always said, prepare. Even though you may not see the challenge in that moment, make sure that you prepare for a rainy day. Make sure that you start doing work right now because there's going to come a moment to where that child becomes a young adult And they're going to have to begin to make decisions and choices that will impact their life sometimes forever. And we have to make sure as a church family that we provide an outlet. That's why we do Wednesday nights. That's why we do small groups. That's why we do Sunday school and all that goes with it. To make sure that we're equipping the saints, giving them, giving everyone in the house an opportunity to to disciple. The question is, is, is it possible to minimize those I never saw it coming moments in life? The short answer is absolutely yes. It comes through. Here's the idea for tonight. In order to minimize those moments, it comes from a daily pursuit of godly wisdom so that the choices that I make today afford me a better life for tomorrow. Amen? So when we pursue God, pursue God, pursue His wisdom, allows us to make those choices and those decisions so that today and tomorrow we have a better life. Amen? Proverbs chapter 8, verses 10 and 11 it says, Choose my instruction instead of silver knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her in a sense what you're doing is you're saying you're recognizing the importance of wisdom and you're saying okay hold hold the gold hold hold the silver hold the precious rubies and the stones There's something that I I need to pick up here and that I need to be pursuing more than wealth. Not that there's anything wrong with wealth, but but God is speaking to us through his word. Make sure that you're seeking knowledge. Make sure that you're seeking wisdom. Look for instruction from those that can give you and provide godly wisdom. And why is wisdom better than wealth? That's a great question. Why is wisdom better than wealth? Wealth Wealth is a wonderful thing wealth gives you margin wealth does uh, it does allow you for there to be error and to say okay we've got wealth uh, to be able to get through us there's nothing wrong with a healthy savings account there's nothing wrong with a strong uh, investment portfolio not at all but I can tell you that wealth will will never buy you a a good reputation well wealth will will never afford you just great character but wisdom, and, and, and think about this wealth. Wealth is just fleeting. It, it can, how many of you know that, man, it can, as soon as it enters into one hand, it can go out the other hand just like that? One choice, one decision, and what you had put away, stored away, can disappear just like that. But wisdom, when, wisdom is eternal. Wisdom allows us to build a meaningful and joyful relationship with God. As, as a matter of fact, it gains us priceless favor with the Lord. Wisdom allows us to gain priceless, priceless favor with the Lord. And I want to take just a few moments to walk through 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 3 is where I'm going to take off, but before we get to to, to the verse, I can tell you in the first chapters, uh, the first chapter and the second chapter, there's a transition of power that's taking place. There's a young Solomon and there's David, King David, that's at the end of his life. And a transition begins to happen. As a matter of fact, it's almost, it's almost like that overnight to where it's beginning. Uh, uh, David is, is nearing the end on his, really on his deathbed, if I can describe it that way. Poor, poor, poor health. You can read it yourself. And he brings his leadership team and, and brings them in and, and then places, says, hey, now is the time for Solomon to step into that role to become king of all of Israel. Matter of fact, go and get my mule and place him on my mule and, and then go and make sure that you anoint him and then, and then sound the trumpet and let's celebrate and let there be a great war. They, they said that the celebration, if you read this, was so great that the ground trembled. That the ground trembled. And here it is, a young Solomon Theologians have studied and believed that he was somewhere around 19, 20 years of age, a young guy. Imagine this now. Imagine tomorrow morning waking up, turning on the business network, and you see that Ford Corporation or GM, uh, Chevron, uh, you you name it, large uh, established Fortune 500 companies, and they introduce this young, fresh kid straight out of high school that has just gotten his diploma as the new CEO of their company. That, that's what it looked like is that here's a young Solomon at 20 years of age and, and David is pointing to him and said You're, it's now your time and Solomon's got to be thinking to himself and I'm just imagining as I'm preparing for the message a 20 year old says that the, the population the people were so numerous. So great! Here he is, and he probably seen. I, I know. I heard about this. I thought that it could possibly happen, but man, I didn't see it was coming this quickly. That it was going to happen right now. Maybe give me. A, can you give me another year or two? Let me kind of gain my feet. Let me mature a little bit. I'm thinking of a young Solomon, not completely filled out, good looking, handsome, uh, but yet the the crown is just kind of uh, cockeyed on his head because he hasn't totally and fully developed. But he's sitting there and he's pushed into this, this role now. And that's the young Solomon that's now sitting on the throne, ready to make decisions. And you can imagine this, the weight of the world is on his shoulders to know, I, I'm following, hey, I'm not following just any king. I'm following King David. I'm not just following anybody I'm not following a guy that's had a miserable reign. I'm following someone that has established this nation. I'm I'm following someone that has conquered everyone. I'm following someone that's had great success, and I'm 20 years old. So you can imagine as a 20-year-old, the sleepless nights. How many of you know what a, a sleepless night is when you're up all night long? And here's Solomon entering into his rest. And you can see there in 1 Kings chapter 3, it says that God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Ask whatever, whatever it is that, that you want. Just ask Solomon. Solomon knows and recognizes, man, his kindness has been upon my father. His kindness, God's kindness has been on our, on our household. I can already see his hand at work in my life. And he's, and he's, he's coming to me in a dream. And he's asking me, what, what is it that you want? And Solomon, Solomon responds. He says, so give, in verse 9, so give your servant what a discerning heart to govern your people, and to distinguish between right and wrong, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? And in, in, in a sense, he, he's having the moment that he's saying, hold the gold. Man, we've, we've got a lot of gold already. Hold, hold the silver. Hold, hold the rubies. Hold everything. Let, let's just pump the brakes here real quick. I have just been thrust into this position. What is it that I, I, what can I ask for? God is coming to me asking me what, anything that you just ask. How many of you know that we serve a God that if, if I believe that if Solomon asked, God, I need some more margin, I need some more gold. How many of you believe that we serve a God that God would have given him the gold? If he, if he would have said, "God, I need, I need some precious, precious stones," you know, in the market, in the trading, God, that's what we need. We're, we we don't have what I was hoping that we'd have, but he didn't. He said, "Man, hold, hold the gold, hold all of that, all of, all that people would normally pursue and ask for." Anything. And that's just our mindset, even as Americans, our culture, man, the more that I can build up, the more cushion, the more margin, the more comfort that I have, the more things that I can afford, I can, I can make it through if I've got that. But Solomon says, man, here's, here's what he says. So give your servant a discerning heart. And I love what he says, even in, in first Kings chapter three, verses 10 through 12, he says, the Lord is pleased that Solomon had asked for this so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life or wealth or for yourself, nor have you asked for death of your enemies, but for discernment and ministering justice, I will do what you have asked and I will give you wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. I'll give you all the wisdom. And there, and here's the promise: there will never be one, anyone, anyone, never ever, anyone like you. But here's the key: when we talk about wisdom and gaining wisdom, and the, the what we need to be pursuing, and I mentioned it just a few minutes ago, that wisdom. Why wisdom over wealth? Because wisdom, wisdom, gives us the priceless favor of the Lord. In verse 10, it begins and it says, The Lord was pleased the most powerful part in in that passage of scripture, the Lord is pleased. How many of you as a follower of Christ want to wake up every day and say, God, let my life bring joy and honor to you. God, let my decisions that I make bring pleasure to you. It says that the Lord is pleased. How many of you know that that's a powerful moment? That's a powerful thing that whenever Solomon is prayed and say, man, the Lord is pleased and I will give you. It goes on to say not Not only will I give you wisdom and it'll never be matched, but by the way, I'm also going to give you what? I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you health. I'm going to give you a long life. uh, No one will come against you. No one will ever be like you. That's what I'm going to give you. That's how pleased I am with the fact that you're asking for wisdom and not for gold and not for silver and not for rubies. You've hit the mark, son. You've asked for the right thing desiring godly wisdom is something that we can pursue every day you ask the question you may have that question well how do I get wisdom how do I get wisdom I think it begins I think it begins every day every day that God gives to us when we start the day in the point of beginning when our feet tomorrow morning when your alarm clock goes off And some of you no longer have to worry about an alarm clock. But when the alarm clock goes off and your feet hit the ground, I believe that there needs to be a hunger that's within us that says, man, God, I desire, I desire the wisdom from you today. God, let me, let me see what's going to happen this afternoon. Let me make sure if something that just pops up on my radar, God, I pray right now at the beginning of this day that you speak into my life and you let me see things for the way that they are. And that's the desire that burns within us. I believe that that's where it can begin for us, and we say, God, man, just just give me the wisdom that you you have, and then I believe right here, when we talk about what can we do, we can desire it, but how many of you know that we can learn and gain a lot of wisdom from God's word right here? There's nothing that we're going to face in life, in our families, in our relationships, in our businesses, as we're leading people, that God does not address right here. How many of you know that we can gain incredible wisdom from reading God's word, that we need to be? a steward steward and a student of God's word and learn it every day that's the example that Solomon uh, gives to us as well it mentions if you continue on reading chapters later that people would come from all over just to be able to set at his feet and to be able to hear his insight and to hear his knowledge the queen of Sheba gets her whole entourage together shows up thinking I've got questions I'll be able to stump Solomon they're the hardest questions ever she gets there has the encounter and he he answers them with such grace seamless response that she responds back that says what i've been what i've received the reports that i have given have only been half the story of the wisdom that you have only half the story of the wealth that you have praise be to your god the god that you serve is her response and that's because he spent the time with the the Lord that's something that we can embrace as followers of Christ and it's right here and say man don't let any dust get on the top of my Bible let it be a worn Bible a Bible that's used every day to make sure that I get instruction amen that's the word of God the one that gives us direction for every season of life I believe that we can desire it I believe that we can learn and then I believe that we need to surround ourselves with godly counsel In my own life, there there are three people. There are three people that speak into my life. One's a beautiful Italian. And she knows how to speak into my life. There's two other gentlemen that are well-seasoned. A little older than I am I don't go to them often but I know that any time that I pick the phone up they know that I'm calling for a reason and that there's something that's on the agenda something's on the radar and often I don't know if you've ever experienced this but do you know the people that respond to your question with a question? It's not the answer that, they, that they're coming to give me the answer to tell me, well, Tim, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. But they have the authority. They have the spiritual maturity. They have the experience. And, well, Tim, have you considered? Tim, have you thought about? Sometimes I just hang up the phone and say, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's why you're where you're at. And we surround ourselves with godly counsel. That's why small groups are so important. I don't need another thing on my agenda. But I do small groups. It's who we are. I never know when we come together for lunch and the group of guys that I get with some are church, some are unchurched they know what I do, they know who I am and every now and then when we get together maybe at lunch or the phone call after lunch hey Tim this is going on in my life To know that there's somebody that's waiting for that seasoned person in their faith. They can say, yes, I see the importance of a small group. I see the importance of being able to be poured into. But then as God pours into me, let me be that conduit that pours back out into others. Amen. That's why we surround ourselves with godly counsel. Here's what I can tell you in the first two chapters of 1 Kings chapter 3. David is giving instruction to Solomon. Now with this person, with this situation, and on two occasions, on two occasions he says, use your wisdom. Speaking into his young son's life at the end of his life, he speaks into his life and he says, use wisdom. Finally, what is it that we can do? Man, we said we desire, we can learn, we can surround ourselves with with godly counsel. Here's the last one. It's so easy. All you have to do is ask God. And His Word, in James chapter 1, how many of you know it? James chapter 1, verse 5, it's on the screen. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, And it will what? It will be given to him and it'll be given to him generously. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve every day that we can come to him at the beginning of our day, whether we're here and we're making those choices. The God that we serve is a God of abundance. Every time when you read in the Bible, not only does he give you just a little smattering of wisdom, or he doesn't say, let me just sprinkle a little bit, but here's the God that we serve. He comes with both hands wide open and he's ready to bestow just generous amounts because he knows that's what will allow you to have a better life when you begin to make solid decisions, solid choices, when you begin to operate in that realm and say, God, give me the wisdom. He's saying, listen, listen the prudence. The prudent, sees the danger and you start preparing. But the simple-minded, don't be that. Don't float through. Don't wait until you get there to make the decision. Imagine with me, as you stand with me tonight, imagine with me how healthier your marriage would be. Whether you've been married for five years, You've been married for 25 years. And you say, God, I need your wisdom. I know that my wife and I are going to have a discussion this afternoon. God, give me the wisdom to be able to just keep my mouth shut when I need to keep it shut. God, let me be a hearer. Let me be a giver. God, you know that there's an acquisition that our business, that our company is getting ready to take down. This is going to do incredible things for our business. But God, I pray I'm beginning this day. You know, you know what? My, my pastor, he, 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 he's not a necessarily a business person, but he knows things about business. He's probably seen a lot of people that have made decisions in acquisitions and buying things and did it cost them anything that maybe that I'm not seeing? Maybe, it, it, maybe it's worth picking the phone up and calling my pastor and saying, Pastor, here's what we're getting ready to do. It's going to be a $10 million purchase. This is what it's going to require of us. Do you have anything for me? That you can begin that day, start that day with whatever you're facing. Um, imagine with me what the difference your life will look like when you begin to execute and make those decisions. Will you you raise your hands tonight and close your eyes with me and stick your hands up in the air with an open palm and let's just begin to pray? Say, God, Lord, we come to you tonight on a Wednesday night. God, we ask for the godly wisdom, not just wisdom, but godly wisdom. I pray, Father, right now for every person that's in this room, those that are carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, walking into just some critical decisions. That, that will need to be made in the coming days. I pray, God, right now as we have our hands lifted and as we ask from you, I pray, God, that you would give us the wisdom to make the right choices and the right decisions. Lord, I pray right now for that person that may be watching online tonight that has their hands raised and they're, they're ready to make the most important decision in their life, and that's to accept you as their Lord and Savior. They want that godly wisdom. I pray, God, that they would find themselves, Lord, right now, repenting, Lord, surrendering their life, asking for forgiveness, asking to be made whole, to be a a new creature in you. And God, as they pray that, whether they're here in this room tonight or watching online, we celebrate with them, with that simple prayer of asking for forgiveness and for you to be the ruler of their life. God, we rejoice tonight. I pray, God, that you would begin to just direct their footsteps and pour wisdom. God, we turn this service over to you and believe that you're going to do a great work, Lord, in the lives of the Victory Church family and in our community. God, we're going to come back on on Sunday ready to rejoice and to celebrate what you've done in the lives of the unchurched who are now a part of the family of God. We can't wait to come back together. Lord, I pray that you'd watch over us, be with this church family, protect us at all times, bless us beyond measure, and we'll be sure to give you all the praise and glory and honor. If you're watching online, we want to say thank you for watching tonight. Thank you for joining us. If you're in the house, the altars are going to be open. Pastor Randy and the team are going to continue to worship. And if there's something that you need to pray about, if you have a specific need, our altar team is here. So just begin to make your way into the altar. How many of you are thankful that we have the altar open again on Wednesday night and Sunday night? Man, don't miss your opportunity. As Pastor Raining them sing, make your way right now to the altar. God bless.